welcome to this week's Very Loose Women on Resonance FM. You're listening to me, Soila, and soon to hear from Leo. We're not in the studio this week, we've been out and about recently, and in this episode we're going to be talking to Finding Rhythms, a charity that runs projects inside prisons with an aim to help fewer prisoners reoffend through music. You just heard one of the songs they've produced called Come My Way on their joint venture album. Tonight you'll hear from five members of the Finding Rhythms team. Robin, who is the founder, creative director and project leader. Ben, who is a project leader and also a professional musician. Aaron, who is a sound engineer and composer. Herb, who is a trustee. And Claire, who is the business director. And if you want to discover even more about Finding Rhythms after the show, you can visit their website www.finding-rhythms.co.uk. Over to Leo. So we've got quite a different parts of the project here. Can someone just start by introducing a recent experience you've had with prisoners and introduce it? Maybe the making of Finding Rhythms. Um, Bronzefield was uh, young offend- women young offenders and we did uh, 36 hours so it was six sessions and we made up to 10 songs and we just we were working on um, improving their songwriting skills and work, learning to work together and working towards just an end product where they got a BTEC qualification and reemployability, and they got a great sounding record music experience. And did any of the women have sort of musical expertise going into the project? No, hardly any of them did. And it was, I remember speaking to Robin saying, oh my God, this is, uh, it was quite a challenge um, because mostly there's quite a lot of guys who can rap or sing or, you know, for this one it was... And actually normally late, most women we've worked with in the past can sing, but this group, there was hardly anybody. And it was a real challenge and we, we got there, I think. It, we really got there. We, we use uh, the analogy of sort of the rough diamonds but actually what we're really doing is kind of seeking the gems within these environments. So obviously they come with a lot of uh, baggage, emotional baggage. There's lots of you know, challenges that they're facing because of where they found themselves in, inside, in this case, Bronzefield. Um, but people like Ben and Aaron and the other uh, project team, they, their job is really to sort of draw out the absolute the, the, the musical gems from them and show them how they can do that. And in terms of what the women got out of it, have you heard any feedback since the project? Well, um, I think all of the women who were on that course earned the BTEC certificate um, in employability, so they got something out of it. And bear in mind that this was quite a challenging group to start with, so they got that out of it. And of course, the great we publish a CD at the end of all our courses, as you know, and the great thing about that is that they can share it outside the prison. So if they have children, if they have, obviously, parents, partners, it's, in some cases, this is the first time they can illustrate that they've done something clever, something good. It's the first time they can really be proud and show, demonstrate their achievements. So, and it won two awards, didn't it? And it won two 
two Kersler Awards. Yeah, in fact, this was the second project we've run at Bronzefield, and that prison has produced the consistently the best results for us at the Kersler Awards, which are the awards for arts made in prison. And, I, you know, perhaps it speaks to the fact that these women are, in some cases, very troubled, have had very difficult circumstances, but they all have a really interesting story to tell. Yeah, I would, I would I, yeah, I'd agree, and I think there's, there is... Um, I gather this feature is based around the, the women population in, in, and, the, and the project that we, we run in Bronzeville. But I would say is a, there is a marked difference between male offenders and female offenders in terms of their... They're particularly kind of their motivation within the group and, and tapping into a kind of a, co- a connected group effort to create something uh, jointly together, which is, which is of, of an excellent and high standard. And I think that um, we, I know for one, I led the previous Bronzefield project and there were some very powerful emotional stories that came from the women who were either, you know, I, I would say that the subject matters changed, were, were dramatically different from male prisons. For example, bereavement was talked about a lot in the songwriting. Uh, can, can you think of other things that were... Um, yeah. I'm turning to my colleague Aaron here. I guess so, 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 so I, was, um, I was involved in the first Bronzeville project and I think you know, we were really, really surprised there at how um, instant everybody was support, how instantly everybody uh, supported each other as a group. That, and that really happened in... So somebody came up with an idea and everybody clapped and, and, that, and, and as soon as that support was there, people were able to express a lot more of their emotions a lot earlier on in the project um, and then throughout the, the rest of that project as well. Mm. Um, it was refreshing for us, definitely, because I think, yeah, as I said, touching on issues of bereavement and love and particularly lo- you know, losing loved ones in the past, that was a really recurring theme. Mm. Sort of, you know, some, some really raw emotions. There's a song on the recent album called Hurt, which mm. is, it's really raw. It's one of the ones that that won an award um, and I think it's even perhaps it's difficult to get these women started but once they do get going they're much more open than some of the guys who are just quite happy to this It's a remand centre as well. So, what does that, what does that mean? What, do you want to explain that? It's basically become people who have, are going to court and haven't been convicted, but where they are, their crime is such that the police won't give them, allow them to be out of custody whilst they're being tried. So, so they could literally leave our program at any point to go to a court date or leave the prison. So we had there was this one lady, Missy. She was like the bedrock, and she was, and she suddenly was gone one week and. It was, such, it was a real challenge, so I think that... And the, but the women really, even with things like that, they, they just get through it and they really gel, you know, I think. 
it's, it's powerful to watch these ladies really work together much, much more. It's much quicker than the male prison prisoners. So I was going to ask on the, from the perspective of the male prisoners, um, when you're saying there's a lot of cohesion among the women, what's the sort of counterpart? What does that look like on the men's side? I think, it, I, I think we, we experience cohesion as much as we experience in a women's prison. But it's, it's illustrated in a very different way. For, for all kinds of reasons in terms of how the male-female psyche works, there's lots of bravado in male prisons, male prison population. Um, actually, I would say that our programmes are extremely effective in male prisons as well. I mean, you know, if you look at the prison population, 5% of the population is female, it's 90% male, so most of our projects are inevitably in male prisons. Um, we just have to go with a different... Um, slightly tweak our approaches in terms of how we understand sort of male psychology and particularly how they go about expressing themselves but actually you know I've just started a project down in Rochester by week two we were talking about okay what do we really want to to make these songs about and actually when you dig beneath the surface actually most of the guys have got young kids and actually you say okay so we're going to write songs together that people are going to hear on the outside what do these songs want to be about they've got to have meaning and then you say okay well I want to I want to have this this story is going to be about my kids you know my children we've worked with young offenders in ISIS down in south east London where a guy couldn't take the phone calls from his mother who was wanting to see how he was getting on he was so ashamed of his crime but yet he could he wanted to write a song to his mother so that she could hear it um, and understand better the motivation why he got into the into the into the life that he did, which led him into a, a YO in South East London. So, you you know you do crack this. You you just have to come with a different toolkit. Um, but I would definitely say that you know working in Bronzefield, there was th- that cohesion, that very sort of tangible cohesion you get amongst a group of people was very obvious. And it was as Aaron said, they were applauding after each musical contribution, which was just amazing. I wanted to ask how you conduct these sessions do the prisoners you said the prisoners earn a, a BTEC qualification but how do they do that how, do you teach them an instrument is it just songwriting what kind of things are they learning it, it's actually not directly connected to the music we're not at all teaching them how to play an instrument and they don't have to have any musical training when they come in although it helps for them to have some some sense of musicality what we're teaching them is the soft skills that comes with a collaborative project. So if they want to make a great album of music in 36 hours, they have to collaborate. They have to communicate effectively. They have to learn to give and take feedback in a constructive way to manage their time. So it's almost a byproduct of the, the, the main project. And they have to reflect on that. So they have to be consciously saying, you know, what did I learn in this session? How can I use that in the future to improve my employability skills? And what else do I need to acquire before I go on and, you know, and, and make a success on the outside? I think just continuing, continuing what Claire was saying, there's two, I think there's two parallel conversations because there's, there's, there's this sort of... You go into a space like that, and if we say right, we're going to make you more employable. And they're going to say, well, how do you do that? Like, I, what's the incentive? There's no... There's, you haven't captured their imagination, their interest, or anything like that. So we are absolutely unapologetic in the sense of music is the primary focus. It has to be the primary focus. Otherwise, we're not going to get them through the door. Um, so we are there to create new music um, and help them 
on that journey towards making new music. Once you capture their interests, you are in a very good position. As the main throng of activity is happening, you can go to the side and pull someone aside and say, OK, how has it been for you? And you can broker a parallel conversation with that learner. And you can say, well, OK, where would you like to improve your personal contribution for next time? OK, well, I, I wasn't too confident there, or um, I perhaps didn't participate well in that discussion. And you can have all those breakaway conversations. So basically evidence to them that um, there is a lot of learning that can happen within this kind of creative forum of making music. And it's precisely at that point where our BTEC qualification kicks in, because that's when you can actually say to them, OK, so in order to go to that next stage in progressing your creative side, you have, you're going to have to collaborate, as Claire said, collaborate with someone. You're going to have to listen more with them. You're going to have to actually prepare something for, me for next week, mm-hmm. uh, something to build upon which is possibly something they haven't done. You know, rappers might just turn up with 16 bars. They've never, that's something they've been rapping since they were 15. And then he suddenly turns around to you and says, oh, actually, man, I've been, I've been, I've been rapping the same thing for the past 10 years. It's all about gangster and, you know, like, how can I, how can I be the, you know, the rude boy in my, in my whatever, you know, and it's, it's like, what, do you really want to be saying that? You haven't progressed your lyrics at all. So we can have those conversations. And in terms of your relationship with the participants, both men and women, um, how does that, how do they look to you as a figure who can have those conversations with them? They look to us because they listen to us and they listen to us quite simply, not because we're a teacher, not because we're a therapist, but because we are producing them. We are treating them like artists, which they are. We are saying you have a germ of creativity in you and we're just going to draw that out of you so you can tell your story whether it's your story of incarceration whether it's a story about how you feel about the future whether it's a story about something quite whimsical about just life in prison you know obviously you know like daily occurrences in prison is a big is a big thing in terms of what people want to talk about how terrible the food is or whatever you know so they can process their experience of being in jail Um, but no they listen to us first and foremost because they respect us as musicians and producers going in there and saying we want to listen to you Are there any um, moments that have been particularly challenging or any but the challenges of running this programme? What are the walls that you've hit against? I think there are, I think there are a lot of challenges. Um, I, I mean, this is stressful work. I mean, you're on the front line here. I mean, we're talking about people who are very damaged, have all kinds of bravado issues and just in terms of protection within a prison environment. I can't even begin to go there in terms of what they must be experiencing. Um, to survive in that community but I, I definitely think that um, particularly the initial phase of a project I you know of all the projects that I've led and that's I've been leading projects in prisons now since 2001 I have to say the humanity that you experience in arts projects like this in music projects like this is always it always makes you think this is why I do it they they always get there in the end and that's why I'm still doing it you know 16 years later because the humanity is so apparent if you go there with music and you create a safe environment you'll get that safe dialogue but yeah in the initial phases of a project um, I would say that you have to break ice quickly and you have to forge relationships between two potentially very different groups community groups within the same project um, and 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 sort of getting them to start listening to each other um, is is, um, you know it can be a challenge but music does break barriers. What do you mean the potentially different... I guess we're talking about... If we're talking about personalities, you could have a very sort of quiet, shy, underconfident, white middle-class guy 
you could have a guy that, and he could come from the, I mean, we did a project in the Midlands, Swinford Hall, where you had quite a, a large body of people who were in for a particular crime, as opposed to um, another community that might have come from London, that might be more sort of street, gang-based crimes, you know, and they, they can be quite separate in their communities within the prison. So you're kind of joining those. And they're coming together for the first time. A lot of the guys have never met each other on the wing at all. They would never talk to They would never have talked to each other. So now they're having to communicate. It's quite fast. It's quite wonderful. And um, when you see those relationships being built, um, like what, how do they manifest themselves? Oh, they manifest... Well, they have to go up to the microphone, step up to the microphone, or they have to work with someone that they don't know through lyric ideas. So they're, they're basically being vulnerable. And the minute they're allowed to be vulnerable, which... You're not really in prison. Relationships can flower. You can laugh, I suppose. Um, so I think everyone just kind of relaxes over the time. The first two weeks are always intense. And suddenly the penny drops, and everyone's allowed to be vulnerable and laugh and you know and create. And I mean, suddenly, you know, again, that's yeah, where humanity comes in. It's where humanity comes in, and it's also where where the healing comes in because songwriting is about being vulnerable. 100%. It's actually saying, look, I thought I had nothing in common with you, but actually we share a lot in common. And they can laugh about the fact that they're sharing the same miserable reality. Or, you know, so, I mean, I don't, it's not exactly sort of paradise in prison, I imagine. So they have something very common that they can share as an experience. But I, definitely they can open up about their vulnerabilities and what, what they've struggled with in their lives. And it's also, about, it's also about mutual respect and I think about coming back to the idea of making a really good album that they can be proud of, if they've written great lyrics, they want the best songwriter on it. So it's about that process of getting to recognise each other's strengths. Yeah, I, I was going to sort of um, like follow on from that. So, so, so because we're recording it, because afterwards we're, we're taking it into a studio and mixing it, and the, the, the product is of such high quality... In order to make it work, everybody has to work together because otherwise it's just going to fail. Um, so kind of that 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 that, um, that kind of that end point um, just enc- it encourages it kind of encourages relationships to grow kind of creatively, and therefore as a result of that um, socially, it, it wouldn't. It, the process would dry up. I mean, again, we can't just keep having conversations around we're feeling vulnerable and safe if we weren't producing something meaningful each session that we could then bring back the next week and set and play it back to them yes. they would, it, the process would dry up absolutely so and they, 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 get, they hear every morning that they, that they hear what they've done so Aaron would have mixed it and then bring it in and then they start producing it with us but they, they're in because they might go oh my god this is sounding amazing you know they're like trusting they're beginning to trust it's worth the risk to be vulnerable because actually this is sounding awesome and you know when they, then, when they start policing themselves if, if you know what I mean, where they start, like, come on, man, pull your weight. This is like, we have to do this together because, you know, it's, it's really great. Um, I used to be a teacher, so I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and the two weeks breaking in period, um, it, the timing's a bit different um, in school, but you yeah. get that where yeah. the kids don't know how to behave with each other. How long does each project last? Does it differ or...? Uh, the standard is it's, we have to have 36 contact hours in order to be able to deliver the BTEC. And we normally deliver that as one day a week over six weeks. But depending on how far away the prison is, we can condense it a bit, we can run it over a longer period. But essentially it's 36 hours. As a trustee, I'm passionate about what uh, Finding Rhythms does because having been involved with 
rehabilitation programs for the last 20 odd years because that's actually what I've been doing all my life, that part of my life. I have found this the most powerful uh, and I've been using programs around the world in nine different countries and I've heard rehabilitation programs around the world. So I, I, I know what I'm talking about as far as this is concerned. And this to me is one of the most powerful I've, I've come across for the reasons that have just been given that it's about breaking down barriers. It's about people showing their vulnerability. But foremost, it's about respect. What they want is respect. And they don't talk about the respect. They do respect. Because by being the producer and saying, you're the artist, you give me, that is just massive. And that they've never had that respect before. And that is what they all want, is that respect. So to give them that, that just fills them with so much that everything else follows. It breaks down the barriers. They talk to each other. New ideas come to them. And you can see it bouncing around the room. And it's really powerful. And I think that's why there are so many of these programs that have a very small effect. We haven't had the research yet to show that it has a long-lasting effect. That will come, and we're working on that. But nevertheless, you can see from the way they're responding, and because I've been to so many of these programs, you know, as I got white hair, <laughs> that um, you know that it's working, that it's actually going to have a longer-lasting effect. And that's what we're trying to achieve, because what we're trying to do is to get them back into society where they're going to be useful, have a sense of pride in what they're doing, know they can command respect, because that's the most difficult thing. When they walk out of prison... It's just a new world, and they think, am I going to be respected? You know, am I just a nobody? This show says to them, I'm not a nobody. That's why it's powerful. And traditionally, these product projects, um, what do they look like that's so different to this? What, what traditionally, the projects that you're working on, well, what was the sort of framework? Well, they're, they're, I mean, they're very good projects. They're, they're sort of academically based. They're sort of, uh, you know, the pedagogy is great and all that sort of stuff. But this is experiential. And this is where it's different, you know, and, and it's emotional. It draws out something from your emotion, from your gut. And, you know, there's nothing to beat that, really. Um, and, it, okay, you've got to c combine the two. But in the end, what do you remember? You remember your feelings. You know, and if you've then translated those feelings into words and into music, that is so powerful. I mean, that song that that guy wrote for his mother was just extraordinarily powerful, you know, and to be able to do that. And he will always remember that. He'll have that on his CD, you know, and his mother has it. So it's, it's changing people, and it's changing them for a long time. Now, it has now, you know, other things have got to happen, but this has made a huge difference to them. It's launching them in, into another direction. I 
I think just building on the point that Herb made, you know, specifically about women's prisons, although, as Robin said, they're only 5% of the prison population, their experience before and after incarceration is quite different from men. Wow. A lot of them are single parents. You know, they haven't... They most likely failed in conventional education. They've gone straight into the business of running a family, running a home, possibly, if, you know, assuming they have one. They have probably missed out on any kind of creative involvement. And, of course, once they've been released, they're once again going to have to fa- have a family to look after and, and all of that. So I think when, you f- when we free a woman's creativity, and I don't want to make this sound terribly prejudiced... It, you know, there's a knock-on effect on her whole family and her ch- her children, which of course you get with young men who have families as well. But I think you know, even young men who have failed in education have perhaps had more freedom some- than some of these women who have gone straight from childhood into family life and and crime potentially. So I think there's a there's a different an additional benefit that we can offer when we work with women. In terms of freeing up that space as well, just so that they don't have an immediate chore that's not relating to... Well, exactly, exactly. There's no... This is something that they don't have to do for someone else. It's something that they can do for themselves, which you're quite right is... Yeah, sisterhood. <laughs> there's, one, there's one song both Aaron and I were quite, um, quite closely linked to. There was a... The same prison, Bronzefield, I think this was in late 2015. Um, there was a track called I Miss You. It was by a, a young lady, it must have been early 20s, she was called Christine. Um, she was, I, I could only describe her personality, she was literally bouncing off the walls. Uh, she was just, you couldn't contain her in terms of her kind of, her, what she would vocally say in the group, but it was always very positive. She was just wanting to please everyone and be and bring her. She was she was a really sort of I, I think probably the most vulnerable woman in the group, um, and we could, we were aware of that. And there was quite a few older ladies who I think sort of tried to sort of look after her a bit, but um, she obviously carried with her some quite sort of some pretty dark events that happened in her life. Namely, one was that she'd lost her her ex boyfriend had died. Um, uh, recently to the time when we were, we were running the project so we don't know the full detail but all I could say is that you know musically as well I mean there was no you know she really wasn't a she never would have said she was a singer she would never have said anything in terms of like I mean she's never done anything like this but she did when we said to her you know how about you sing a song and try to sort of talk about your emotions I mean even the very thought of singing this song she burst into tears you know we couldn't we had to tiptoe around her in terms of that sort of that emotional sensitivity around that very big event of her ex-boyfriend dying but over the period of six weeks of working in Bronzefield by the end I think it was by the penultimate session I'd sort of managed to get all the other ladies in the group kind of working on their other respective songs and she had a moment where she she worked very closely with Aaron and I think, Aaron, you did a brilliant job of vocal coaching her. And we sort of tried to draw this song out of her. And um, uh, I think it's an astounding piece of musical work. I think it's, we were very fortunate. A lot of our programmes feature guest musicians that come in. And so we actually had an amazing string uh, section that came and played on the bridge part of the mm-hmm. chorus. 
Um, it, it really is. It's a short song. It's a few couple of minutes, but it's, it's, it captures Christine at her absolute best. And she, when she heard it, she just she burst into tears. She said, my God, as long as my mum can hear this song. joining us listeners and thank you Finding Rhythms. The songs you heard tonight are more songs from albums Finding Rhythms and Prisoners have produced. They were Hurt from Joint Venture, I Miss You from Echoes from Our Time and Mum from Light and Dark. As ever you can follow us on Twitter at VLW Radio, on Facebook we are Very Loose Women and you can listen to previous episodes over at acast.com forward slash Very Loose Women or on iTunes. I'd like to end the show with another song from Finding Rhythms. This is Let It Go from Echoes from Our Time.